This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Dan? I am doing fabulous, Mark. Just fabulous. I'm freezing. It's freezing up here. It is freezing. And we're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock this week. Well, it's a little later, 3 o'clock, but on 1210, the number one talk station in Philly. So if you want to ask us a question on residential, commercial, mortgages, give us a call. My number is 267 266 5501. What's your number, Dan? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here every week to answer your questions, keep you informed. We're the only real estate show in town. So you're not getting this information from the news. So tune in every week. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Right. Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? U.S. government to backstop mortgages above $1 million. It's going to be a great topic. Yeah, I'm not going to remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. You never do. Um, We also have our questions. (laughs) First question is, should we repaint a house we haven't even bought yet? Hmm. I've done that. <laughs> okay. Next question is, I want to convert a den to a bedroom before I list my house. What do I need to do? All right. Next question is, I'm facing foreclosure on my deceased mother's home. I don't have 38000 credit. I don't have 38000 My credit is bad. Yeah. HUD is taking over the loan. Is there anything I can do? Question. Next question is, how does a sale of home work with paying off. All right, let's start that one again. How does the sale of a home work with paying off an existing mortgage? Next question is, does the mortgage get paid? That's that's part of the same question. It's part of the same question. Okay. Does the mortgage get paid off first, then commissions disperse? Everybody's always worried about commissions. And Mark, we have our topic of the day, which is details of a listing contract. Last week I did uh, the seller's disclosure. 
correct. But first, give us your motivational quote. And a motivational quote is, when everything seems to be going against you, remember that airplanes take off against the wind, not with it. That was by Henry Ooh, Ford. like it. Yeah. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So, our market report, sometimes it's like California being a weatherman. Always the same <laughs> <laughs> from week to week. But home sales have dropped for nine straight months. And now this is nationwide. And the Shower report just came out, which is all over. The news actually talks about that once in a while. And the Philly metro market's not included in that report. But they never mention that fact. But, you know, sales are down a little bit. But one of the problems is this lack of inventory is one of the big issues. Investor home purchases dropped over 30% in the third quarter compared to a year ago, according to Redfin. The biggest drop in investor sales since the Great Recession of 2008, over a decade ago, with the exception of a brief stall in the first two months when COVID hit in 2020, the pandemic. But the drop in the investors outpaced the drop in overall home purchases were roughly down 27% in the third quarter. Investor share overall market fell 17%. But it's unlikely that the investors are going to one of our problems with the investors right now is also the inventory. There's just that not much to buy. So if you're having problems finding something to flip or or make a rental, you got the same problem as first-time buyers. Yeah. Yep. So the non-investor home buyers are facing much a uh, little higher mortgage rates, shortage of affordable homes. Investors tend to use cash more often than traditional buyers, buyers so they're not as influenced by mortgage rates. They are, however, influenced by home prices, and prices in our area are still going up. Now, parts of the country, they're going down. California, New York, I think Jersey's even taking a hit. But Philly metro market is still appreciating. Home prices are still higher compared to a year ago. Annual gains are shrinking at unprecedented pace. And the case show report, which they talk about, you know, was up 13%. But we're not included in that. Right. And the reason we're not included in that, because Philly's government is so slow at recording deeds and everything else that they never want to wait for us. But <laughs> overall, the market is in good shape, I think. I mean, the rates are up a little bit. They came back down in the sixes. The The problem is the inventory issue, which I blame a lot on the real estate agents. They'll do anything, but you're all going to get your calendar soon. Trust me. You'll get your, <laughs> your 23 calendar with the puppies on it and all, but you won't get a phone call from your real estate agent. If they would all just call people up, we'd have a lot more inventory. But I'm optimistic. I think 23 is going to be a good year. And, you know, the rates, I think the Fed's got to come to their senses because raising rates is not helping the inflation. I don't know. We'll see what happens as we go forward, but... uh I think it's still a great time to buy. Just, I've been telling everybody what you say. Date the rate, marry the house. Right. And three to four or five years from now, you refi back down to 3%, and you got the house that you want. Yeah, and, and that's what I've been saying too, Mark, as far as like the rates are a little bit high right now. They are coming down a little bit, but it's the cost to not be in a competitive market. So, you know, you're not having that 15, 20 people putting an offer in on the same 
on the same house. Seller concession is coming back. FHA offers are being accepted. So the market is good. It's a great time to sell. It's a great time to buy. Yeah, and, and it is it's it is a good time. And and there's plenty of buyers still in the market looking for homes, especially in our area. Like I just listed listed one this week and I'm expecting it to go pretty quickly. Yeah. And and I'm sure it will. If it's priced right and the house looks good, you're not going to have an issue. I mean, that's what you always say. The other thing is, you know, this, you're not locked in for 30 years. So the great news is that, you know, you can refinance in 12 to 18 months and you're not going to lose out. You're not going to lose anything. If anything, you're going to save money. You're going to skip two payments. You're going to have a lower payment. Um, monthly payment, and it's a great time to jump in. And you're still appreciating. And you're still appreciating. So if you're appreciating in certain neighborhoods, which are still like nine ten percent, and you got a four hundred thousand dollar house, what's that in a year? You know? Yeah. No, it's awesome. Tell us about the rates. So right now you're looking at a thirty year fixed at six point eight seven five. Your fifteen year is at six point two five percent. Our five one arms are about six and a quarter, six and a half, and that's going to cost a point. Your thirty year FHA is at six and a half, and your VA is at six and a half percent. And again, these are all credit score driven. The rates change every day, so this isn't something. I mean, we're giving these rates out on a Saturday. On Monday, when the rates come out, they could be a little bit lower. So, you know, don't hesitate to call and get this information firsthand. Yeah, because rents are going to go up next year because the Inflation Reduction Act had a 15% tax on small business and small business owners are the ones that own rentals and somebody's paying that. (laughs) It's not going to be the owner. Right. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD All Positive. All the time. So we're at the end. So Mark, we are up to your funny story. So this burglar broke into a house one night and he shined his flashlight around because somebody's there and he's looking for valuables and he hears a voice in the dark says, Jesus knows you're here. And he nearly jumped out of his skin. He clicked the flashlight off. He froze. And when he heard nothing more, he sh- shook his head. He continued as he pulled the stereo out as he's disconnecting wires, clear bell, clear as a bell. He hears Jesus is watching you. Startled, he shines the light all around the room, frantically looking for the source of the voice. Finally, in the corner of the room, his flashlight comes to rest on this parrot. And he says to the parrot, did you say that? And he hissed at the parrot. And the parrot says, yes, I'm just trying to warn you that he's watching you. And the burglar relaxed. He goes, warn me, huh? He goes, who in the world are you? He goes, I'm Moses, replied the bird. He goes, Moses? What kind of people would name a bird Moses? Say the same kind of people would name the Rottweiler Jesus. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. If you have a funny story, please send it to 8029 yeah, at Comcast.net. Thirty-six of them. <laughs> or give us a call at 267-266-5501. All right. Now it is time for the mortgage mom's topic, which something about the U.S. government. That's something what I, about I, it. Something you know, about I, it. 
Can't be good if it's about the government. (laughs) (laughs) So my topic is U.S. government to backstop mortgages above a million dollars in high cost areas. So what does that mean? It means that the federal government is about to backstop mortgages of more than one million for the first time in high cost markets such as California and also New York. Wait a minute. What does this mean they're going to do? Stay tuned. The increase reflects the rapid appreciation in home prices over the past few years, even though the market has recently cooled. So right now, what it's talking about, Mark, is that the loan limits on financing has increased and never have we been at this size. So the maximum size of a home mortgage loan eligible for backing by Fannie and Freddie Mac is going to rise to $1.89 million in the next year. And that's in a few expensive markets, such as like your San Francisco, Washington, D.C., where it was at 970800 For most parts of the country, loan limits will rise to 726200 from 2022 was at a maximum of 647200 So what that means is your maximum loan amount on your conforming, so your conventional financing without going into a jumbo loan, was 647200 It is now being um, increased to $726,200. And that's all based on the appreciation values. So by law, loan limits are calculated annually using a formula that factors in the average home prices. So, so this is just FHA and No, Fannie this Mac. is everything. Yeah, this conventional? is This is conventional. Yep, Fannie Freddie is your conventional financing. So what do you do if you could buy in a 2 million dollar house? So you ha- you're going to do a jumbo loan. So they're that, not making it easier for us then. It is they're making it a lot easier. So for most parts of the country, the loan limits will rise, um, like I said. So in all, about 100 counties and county equivalents out of more than (laughs) 3,000 across the U.S. are designated as high-cost markets. So there also are some in New Jersey, Virginia, and also Utah, according to the FHA. Now, this increase is going to make it easier and cheaper for borrowers purchasing one-unit homes particularly those that are near the limit. So the higher limits are also likely to renew um, a debate about how big of a mortgage is too big to be backed by the government. So the mortgages within the limits are called conforming loans, and they generally come with lower closing costs and can require a smaller down payment than mortgages that exceed the limit, which are also known as the jumbo. So your jumbo can... can ask for a minimum of 10% down, where you're conforming. If you're a first-time homebuyer, they can ask for 3% down. If you're not a first-time homebuyer, they can ask for 5% down. So it's making it easier with that 729,000 only putting three to 5% down, whereas before you would be in the jumbo category and you would need to put 10% down. And what was the number prior? Five something, wasn't it? 629. I'm sorry, 647,200. And now it went to 729. 
I love to be at one of these meetings when they talk about the 3,000 counties. Yeah, you wouldn't be invited. So whatever, <laughs> whatever relief of the higher loan limits may offer buyers is likely more than to offset by the higher interest rates and the home prices, which have cooled the housing market. So existing sales, which you had just mentioned, have fallen for the for nine straight months through October, which is that's according to the National Association of Realtors. Very unbiased group. Mortgage rates have risen rapidly this year. I mean, we're we're cracking seven percent for the first time in two decades. Yeah. So many prospective home buyers have been unable to qualify for loans or they had to cut their purchase budget after higher rates have pushed them you know, out of their expected monthly costs by hundreds of dollars. Yeah, turn the spigot back on, Joe. Solve a lot of problems here. The median sale price of existing single homes was up 8.6 in the third quarter, and that's up from a year earlier. So the prices had increased at an even faster rate in recent years, and the demand for homes surged during the pandemic. So keep in mind that Fannie and Freddie don't make the loans. The companies which have been under government control since 2008, instead, they buy the mortgages from the lenders, they package them all up into securities, and they're sold out to the investors. So policy changes at the companies are important because their role in backstopping roughly half of the 13 trillion mortgage market, it helps determine who gets access to the mortgage credit and basically on what terms. So- when, learn, when loans qualify to be purchased by Fannie and Freddie, it allows them to be scrutinized in a market that appeals to a global pool of investors, and that's allowing the loans to carry lower interest rates than they might not otherwise have. So, and a lot of that was due to all the uh, lack of regulation we had in 2008 eight. when everybody went crazy right. and they were bundling loans and selling insurance on loans that and then passing them on and eventually they were selling something that didn't even exist exist right and then we ended up bailing them all out we gave them built 800 billion dollars which they were supposed to lend to all people to buy homes and they paid off their debt and gave themselves all bonuses <laughs> remember that i do too remember to, that too big to fail yeah that's I, a- I actually i actually wrote a song about that Like, you know, why did they get rewarded for doing something stupid? Right. Yeah. And that's a great movie. But, um, you know, (laughs) however, for much of the post-crisis period, jumbo loans have been priced better than conforming loans, partly because the banks see them as valuable for attracting wealthy customers who they can do business with, according to, you know, what the officials are saying. I mean, those are the people that they want. And- I got to tell you, in those areas, people are still paying cash for those 1 million, 2 million purchases. So mortgage bankers and real estate agents say that the new limits are needed because of the higher home prices. So Fannie and Freddie are trying to keep pace with home prices to address affordability. So that's the goal. And in pricey markets, even starter homes can fetch even seven-figure prices. In 2022, the housing survey in California of Realtors found that nearly one quarter of the homes sold between 1.25 million yeah. and 2 million were bought by first-time home buyers. 
I think the average cost of San Francisco is over seven hundred thousand. Yeah, and that's you know. what, and that has a lot to do with increasing the loan limits because it's you know they go by the county for FHA, but when you're doing the conforming, it's across the it's across the country. So yeah, as those be. prices are starting to increase, they need to keep up with that appreciation, therefore increasing the loan limits. And you buy one for seven hundred thousand in San Fran, and you have two blocks of tents and campsites all outside your house. It's like going camping. Yeah, you. Can, I mean, you just have to walk out, and you can get the true experience. <laughs> but again, if anybody has any questions on what we're talking about today, please feel free to reach out and give me a call. My number is six zero nine six zero five seven one five three. All right. So with that. <laughs> You're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT Talk Radio. All positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? We are up to our questions and answers. Yes. So our first question, Mark, is should we repaint a house we haven't even bought yet? See, this is an interesting question because I've actually done this. When I first, when I was in the band years ago, my sound man was selling a house and I was doing it at FHA, and we had to go in and do all the work. And we went in and did all the work and dashed the basement walls. I mean, sp- spreading cement, <laughs> stone walls, which I had no clue about. And after I got done, I had lime burns all over my hands. <laughs> but then we painted the place and did all the work and had the whole place that straightened out for when we got the FHA inspector to come through before settlement. Uh, you mean the appraiser? The appraiser. Uh, and I still remember that. The gas range had electric starters, and I had them all starting. And then when he showed up, one didn't come on, and he goes, I'll, I'll have to come back. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I know. But that's the way they were. Yeah. No, it can happen. Like if you're in a deal that you're buying something and the seller is giving you access to the property prior to settlement – you can end up doing something like this, but I, you know, you got to make sure that you're not doing it for the seller. You have everything's in writing. You got a tight contract, you know, by fixing somebody's house up and then they change their mind. But yeah, has it been done? Yeah, I did it myself once. What's the next one? The next question is, I want to convert a den to a bedroom before I list my house. What do I need to do? This is a good project for like a curbio. Yeah, well... First of all, you got to hire a license. You got to figure out what you want to do. You got to make sure that this den has uh, the right entryway, goes to a hallway. So it's going to be a bedroom. Like you don't have to go through another room to get there. So it has to be conformed to uh, the local ordinances. And then you're going to have to probably get permits, hire a licensed contractor to do the work. And this is a good project for like a company like Kerbia that would right. come in and do all this before you know what, they list Mark- the house. And and adding a bedroom would add value. 
if you you have to make sure you're following, you know, the guidelines because there has to be a closet in there, right? In order to, for it to be able to count. Yeah, and its own entrance, not through another room. So, like, if you do all of that, and this little, and you had a den, and now this was a two bedroom, you want to make it a three bedroom or a three to a four, that will add value to the house. So, but you got to do it right. All right. Right. Ready for the next question? I'm ready. I am facing foreclosure on my deceased mother's home. I don't have 38000 Credit is bad. HUD is taking over the loan. Is there anything I can do? Yeah, I mean, there's programs, and, and they'd rather work with you than, than foreclose. The banks don't want the house. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that. And I've actually had people come to me and say, oh, we're going we're gonna, to, I had one, I, I actually flipped, and they came to me and said, I don't, we're just going to give the house back to the bank because nobody in the family wanted to deal with it. And it was not a bad house. And I said, I'll buy it. But I mean, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll usually work out deals. You could get in some kind of forbearance agreement if your credit's all right and you could buy the house. Well, there are cre- there's options. This is something like they should talk to you about. Yeah. And like there are options to get out of that. Now, they, yeah, they, you're 38000 behind. I don't know what the mortgage payment was a month, but like, you know, if it's a grand, you're 38 months behind. In Philly, it takes forever to foreclose. I mean, it's going to take a year, a couple of few years, but they would rather work with you than foreclose. And and again, there's a lot of other things that go into play. Do they do they want this house? They could sell this house. Um, maybe they could sell it to a relative in the meantime while they get their credit fixed. So and then rent it back to them. So there's there's well, actually, that's not true. You cannot sell it to a relative because it's going to be considered if if they sell it to a relative and they live in the house and are paying rent, it's called a bailout. So right. they would have to sell it to a relative and not live there, work on getting their credit, and then they could possibly, you know, buy it back. Yeah. If they're going to live there, there's probably a few options, but they need to talk to somebody about that. The worst right. thing is not answer. The worst thing to do if you're getting into trouble with your mortgage is not answer the phone and don't not yeah, do anything. You get, you're better off talking to the mortgage company when you first get in trouble. Because you can get in what's called a forbearance agreement, which I did that myself way back in the 80s because I had a business that went down the tubes because a partner bailed on me and I had no income. So I got in a forbearance agreement and they lower your or modification. Yeah, they lower right. your monthly payments to something you can handle. And then the balance that you weren't paying was to put in a separate account. And then, then goes when on you, the back end. Yeah, then generally. when you got yep. your job and you got yourself back on your feet. You started paying off both and you saved the house. But what most people do is panic and don't answer the phone. And then they end up in court. But even in court in Philly, it could take two years. Sure. But uh, they, they'd rather negotiate with you than go to foreclosure, shower sale. All right. You ready for the next yeah. one? How does a sale of a home work with paying off an existing mortgage? Does the mortgage get paid off first and then the commissions are dispersed? Usually it all happens at once. I mean, you're at, at one the time, right? table. You have the uh, title company's order to pay off from the existing mortgage company. And then at the settlement table, uh, they usually wire the 
money to the mortgage company, and then the commissions are dispersed from the right there right at, at the, the table. table. Yeah, I mean, really, one thing has nothing to do with the other, yeah. and. They should know all that ahead of time. By the time you get to the table, you should know what your proceeds are going to be. You should know what the commissions are going to be. Um, none of that should be a newsflash when you're getting to the table. No, I just listed one this week, and I told her what she's netting. And I bet you yeah, I'm going to be within the closest I ever was. I missed it by a dollar. Get out, really? Yeah. That's I listed awesome. the house, and I missed it by a dollar. And at the settlement table... I was one dollar off and I said, one dollar. I was one dollar <laughs> off. I said, who's the man? Who's the man? <laughs> you got to take advantage of that. Why well, I was Did- off from, and that was back when the houses were on the market for a while. Right. And I missed it by a dollar, man. I That's was on awesome. the market for like months and I still <laughs> missed it by a dollar. That was my best one ever. <laughs> well, that's good because usually when we do our closing cost estimates, you know, we, we give or take a hundred dollars. And I think that's pretty good too, considering all the moving pieces, but a dollar yeah. is amazing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you should know all that. Like, like just listed one and I went over my holes with my seller, everything and what she's expected to get net and all the little costs, you know, all the stuff from the title companies and everything else. And cur- and it was a Curbio project. So that was in there. Uh, so Curbio did the whole project. And then they're done. I list it. It'll sell. And Curbio gets paid. She didn't have to do any work. Right. It's so, win- Mark, just to, win- be, win. just to be clear, Curbio is going to get paid when the house sells. sells. So their invoice is actually on the closing disclosure. So, yep. you know, the, the commission gets dispersed. The mortgage gets paid off. This invoice gets paid off and, and you just move forward. And that's yeah, the great thing about Curbio is that there's no out-of-pocket expense. So right. it just and goes they, right on the on closing this one, disclosure. It was like 20 some thousand dollars. They didn't work. Yeah. And, but the house looks great. Did that and, increase the value of the house as well? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, because- you know, that's the key that, that the sellers didn't have to come out of pocket to do any repairs it was all done and came out of the proceeds because a lot of times the sellers don't have that money to come out of pocket in order to make that deal work. So the biggest that was- thing for me with that Curbio is if I was moving out of this house, I'm rolling. I, I ain't going to feel like doing painting this old joint and doing a bunch of stuff. I'd hire them in a heartbeat. You know what my problem is? If what? I had them come in and paint and do my floors, I would you never move, move out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I changed my mind again. Can we negotiate this price? (laughs) All right. Well, coming up next is going to be our topic of the day. Details of a listing contract. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Dan? 
So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is the details of a listing contract. contract. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so actually, last week, yeah. last week your topic was the seller's disclosure. The seller's disclosure, which, which basically happens before we list the house, right? right. Basically, so, you got to get them the. And and what I did was last week we talked about dispelling some of the myths about the seller's disclosure, like if you had a rental and you didn't live in it or it was in, uh, you know, or you were a flipper and you bought something and you fixed it up and flipped it. A lot of times those people think they don't have to fill out a seller's disclosure. That's what we talked about last week. If anybody wants to go back and listen to last week's podcast, but there's only a few exceptions that you need to fill a seller's disclosure. Now this, my listing this week is actually that type of situation. She bought the house for a family member. She didn't live there. But right. we had Curbio come in and did a bunch of work. So she is aware of everything with this property. Not every little you- detail, but basic. You're not supposed to be the contractor. You're the seller. So Right. Can I ask you a question on that yeah. before you get into it? Was there a home inspection done as well? No. No, because we didn't. We're not, we just go in on the market. Yeah, it was just a question because a lot of times if you're going to do the seller disclosure, you know, some people get a home inspection as well. So they have a full idea of exactly what the, you know, what, yeah. what the details of the house are. Not too, I've never anyway. done that too much because why spend 500 bucks till, you know, and, and you fill the seller's disclosure out to the best of your knowledge. They don't expect you to be a contractor, but the listing contract is something different. That's a contract between the agent and the seller. Like, and all agents are agents of the seller unless you have a buyer agency contract and you're representing the buyer. If you don't have a buyer agency contract with a buyer, you're representing my seller. So if somebody comes into my listing, goes wandering around, starts pointing stuff out, and I find out they don't have a buyer agency contract, they're buying that house. So what does the buyer agency just because I don't think everybody knows what that buyer means. agency agreement in, in a lot of states, Pennsylvania for sure, if unless you sign an agreement with a real estate agent, a buyer agency agreement, so that agent represents you, if you do not sign that agreement up front, they're supposed to do that when they explain the consumer notice to you up front. And you can make it for a day, a week, a month, whatever. But if you go out and that agent shows you houses. Without a buyer agency contract, that agent is not on your side. And that's a liability because if they were showing my house and I've, and they say, I've seen this agent point out some defaults, some faults in my house. And I went to that agent and I said, listen, because I know a little bit about real estate. I said, let me see your buyer agency contract. Oh, I didn't get one yet. Well, then you're buying my house. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, you could, I could make that agent buy my house. That's how much liability is involved there. But they ate, some of them are very careless. You're a mortgage person. How many contracts have you gotten when everything was dated on the same day? Buyer agency yes. contract, consumer notice, agreement of sale, all on the same day. No, not happening. Oh, trust me. Agents do it all the time because they're scared to ask for somebody to sign a contract. And they wait till they find the house and they do all the paperwork on one day. So that means the whole time before that day, they were representing the seller. It happens all the time. I ask mortgage people that get real estate licenses that question all the time. And they go back and look at their files and they're shocked at how many agreements will all the paperwork's the same date. Anyway, let me get into the 
details of the listing contract. So obviously the name of the seller, the property address is all in this contract. There are many other things that are included too that you should be aware of. First of all, the price. So you you want a good agent. You want to look at what I look at is what's active, the competition, what's pending that's under contract near my property and what's sold. I look at all three because especially in certain neighborhoods, like in the one I just listed in that zip code, there was only eight houses for sale. So there's not a lot of comparables. So you might have to, uh, an appraiser might have to use an active. They don't like to do that, but they might have to. So you want to have a basic idea of what your home is worth and apples to apples. Like the one I listed was a twin. So you want a twin, similar square footage, same amount of bedrooms, bathrooms, you know, apples to apples. And you want to be very careful with the price because you don't want to, you know, just shoot for the moon because you think your house is so special. And in reality, you're overpricing. If you price it right and it shows right, you're usually going to sell it quickly in this market. In addition to the price, you got to disclose all the personal property. Like if there's anything that goes with the house, usually like the washer, the dryer, the refrigerators included, you know, uh, dishwashers, anything that's in the contract needs to be put written in the agreement of sale too. Because if I say washer and dryers included and they write the contract and they don't put washer and dryer included, and we change our mind, we can take the washer and dryer. So you want to be careful on both sides of that with what's excluded and what's included. Because like grandma's chandelier is excluded. You want to put that out there so they know that that's going. I've had a couple battles over chandeliers in my career. <laughs> so Mark, let me ask you a question. If, if they take grandma's chandelier... Do they have to replace it with another chandelier or they just take it and they usually replace it? But the best way that I think they should do is have a conversation because you don't want to get the old Kmart special, you know, because they just got to replace it with something like uh, I've, I bought properties where we told them like, no, don't put anything. We'll, we'll buy our own. But I had one that we bought a really expensive one. But they just had some sentimental, <laughs> and this deal almost blew up over like probably about a fifty dollars chandelier, and the guy put in like a five hundred dour one, and uh, they didn't, they wanted that old one, and that's when it gets the ego, and it's not about the house no more. But any chandeliers, anything like that, just you want to be upfront what's excluded, what's included, what's not included. Because I had a, I had a deal one time where uh, the agents didn't agree with something I put in the contract that told me I couldn't do that. And I told uh, their seller, I said, Mr. Seller, I said, that kind of, that could have said Mercedes Benz in, in the garage uh, included. The agents didn't read the whole contract through and had their clients sign it. So you want to be careful who you're working with. And then many people think of the real estate agent as a salesperson. Many agents, perhaps most would jump at the chance to be just a salesperson, but they're not just salespeople. Most states have legislated it so that the real estate agents are also agents. They have a fiduciary duty to, to you as a client. And that means the agent's responsible to act in the best interest of their client. You know, they're, they're not selling cars. They don't have a, they have to follow the rules. 
And real estate agents not only have to sell the house, they have to be responsible. That's involved in a lot of liability there too, which was one of the reasons all the disclosures and the pages in the contract and why they want to be paid for me being more than just a salesperson or a salesman, you know? And sometimes you hear people say stuff like, well, we don't, we're, we're, you know, especially for sale by owners. Well, they're doing this to save that commission, but there's a lot more to this deal than just getting somebody to say, buy it. It's, it can, there's a lot of steps and a lot of little things that have to be done from the beginning to the end. And that's what they get paid for. That's when I, I tell agents, you're worth a certain amount an hour. Act like it. You know, if you're making a hundred grand a year, you're worth 50 bucks an hour. So every time you're doing something, it's $50 an hour. A lot of sellers and buyers think the agents are worth zero per hour because so, they get paid at the end. Anyway, however, there may be times when your listing agent has a client that wants to buy your home. For that reason, there's a little wiggle room in the listing contract. If your agent also represents the buyer, the listing tra- contract should specify and provide additional disclosures, details whether they continue to act as your agent or assumes the duty of a dual agent. Now, there's brokers that don't like dual agency, but I like dual agency. And I've had a lot of clients on, that bought my listing and they were happy I was in the middle. And you can be fair to both sides if you have ethics. And I have ethics. And if a buyer said to me, what's the lowest your seller you go? You can't answer that type of question. This is what it's right. listed for. I hate when right. I hear real estate boards and people saying that you can't be honest with two, with a buyer and a seller. That's a crock. Right. Anyway. No, that was a great topic. And that was a lot of information, Mark. And, you know, now that, um, you know, I think the next one we should go into the buyer's contract. That's up to you, but at least just Buyer give agency. people. Yeah. The buyer's agency just from beginning to end. That's a good topic. All right. So if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air for 14 years here at Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We hope you tune in every Saturday at 1 o'clock. Certain times we moved a little bit, but you can listen to this show and every show every week. We're here. We answer our phones. Call us. With that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate. All positive. All All the the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris or listen to any of their past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre recorded.